Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to go over the second, uh, I guess, big NHL Daily Fantasy slate of the 2024 calendar year. Uh, we are going through the Thursday, January 4th NHL Daily Fantasy slate. DJ, how are you doing? How was your Tuesday night? Oh, it, uh, good and bad. Uh, um, it was almost really good, but it wasn't quite as good as yours. Um, we, we played pretty different lineups. And they both were just like in a similar vein, I'd say, and made sense, um, which which was cool. Uh, so yeah, I thought I had a chance. Um, Florida two got an, enough to make it maybe wiggle, but not do anything more. But the way I put it, and Colorado kind of put it to bed. Um, but yeah, so I'll I'll kind of just stop and listen to you though. Like, how was your night? I know it went much better than. I mean, it was fine. It didn't. It didn't go great, I would say, um, you know, because when you have top five swats and finish fourth, it's certainly very different than finishing in first. Um, but yeah, like you, I got buried by Colorado. Uh, the common theme across our lineups was betting on Connor McDavid, but not betting on enough on Connor McDavid. Uh, I played R&H with him. You played him solo. And yeah, you needed all three guys to really capitalize on it because they were three of the top six scorers on the entire slate, which includes a shutout for Martin Jones. So like, you know, three of the top five skaters all correlated all together. We were on it and we just didn't believe enough. So uh, maybe maybe this slate we will believe, uh, you know, that the take that gets, you know, makes its way into Twitter and whatever to preview preview the show. Um, But it did, you know, like just circling back on that. I mean, just pointing out one, obviously Connor McDavid, you know, whatever. Um, but Philly had been struggling a bit. You know, they were wiggling. Like their worst five game stretch was the five game stretch running into that slate where they had played uh, four and six six days. Um, so like it was just a really tough spot for Philly, and uh, you know, felt good to capitalize on it. Um, doesn't feel great to only finish fourth in the, you know, in the big four hundred or four forty four, whatever it was last night. Um, but you know, it, it it keeps me going for you know another week. That that's basically what it you know what it boils down to um, when you're playing in those types of tournaments versus you know finishing first keeps me keeps me afloat for the next two months. And, and those are very different you know uh, very different feelings I would say. So um, congrats to Jack and uh, you know he's in our Discord. He's also the Occupy Fantasy guy. Um, he he shipped the uh, Fantasy Occupy Championship seat. Um, so, you know, that's that's cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, more people can join him in, uh, and then Matt over in Scottsdale later on this season. But anything else you want to talk about from Tuesday? Uh, just, I guess, a couple little things. We have a 13-game slate, as you already alluded to. I Just, again, I, I think that I sort of, one of my theories I've always kind of said, and I've always done, and sometimes to my detriment, is if I think McDavid's going to come in lower than you know, normal by a decent clip. I'm going to play him every time. That's just sort of how I roll. Um, I've done it. And I kind of said that like, man, if McDavid's going to be, you know, what he was, I, whatever his ownership was in the high stake stuff. But I mean, he came in what sub 10%, right? Oh yeah. He was like, I think six or seven. Like in, in the four. Yes, I was going to say eight, but yeah. yeah. Um, So the, the point being is like, those are things that I sort of tether myself to and stick to. And, and sometimes that goes really well, but that's sort of, you know, how I roll. But um, I think that the the biggest learning maybe I, I'm gonna take or the biggest takeaway from the slate is you know like what like I'm gonna really think about what happened in Tampa again um, and and instead of galaxy braining I guess or like talking myself into these 
ancillary Tampa pieces. Like, I really do think that not playing Victor Hedman, like I should just uh, turn in my card as, uh, as a, uh, someone that talks on a podcast about this stuff. Like that was really stupid. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know, maybe yeah. it's, it's worth revisiting because, you know, obviously we have 13 games. We, we might have to go quicker through the games because, you know, I don't, I, I can't have this be a 75 minute podcast, despite the fact that there's 13 games. Um, but it is really interesting what transpired in Tampa. Basically, we were assuming that Mikhail Sergachev was back in the lineup. We talked about how Eric Chernak and Hayden Fleury uh, were injured and out for Tuesday night. So we knew all of this. And then morning seat comes around on Tuesday and Sergachev's on the ice. All things are good. And all of a sudden he disappears. And it's like, oh, crap. Like, what's going on here? Uh, Tampa didn't have enough. You know, they didn't have a per- person with them. They didn't have a body on the trip to play. So, like, they rolled five defensemen um they rolled 13 forwards you know that didn't really matter much to me um you know the, the main guys still got their run maybe you could argue it took a minute or two away from the top guys that are mostly just made the depth pieces unplayable which on a 13 game so you weren't playing them anyway um but five defensemen you know I, and of course i'm coming at this from as someone who played you know three tampa bay defensemen i, I played headman perbix and radish like i just fundamentally thought that was you know correct um, I, I thought there was paths to ceiling for all of them. Um, obviously Hedman hit his, uh, Radish and Perbix did not. Um, but like, I would do that again, just because it's so rare that we get instances where hockey players are guaranteed to spend, you know, 23, 25 minutes on the ice. And so at those prices, I was very happy to do so. Obviously Hedman comes in closer to 30 just because of his, you know, all situations presence and his general ability. Um, but you know, looking through what ownership wound up being and Kelvin DeHaan was the most owned of that bunch. He was like 12%, which I think is about right. But um, Victor Hedman at like 7%, it's just, I mean, I don't know. It, it felt too low. I get the matchup wasn't great, but, um, you know, it was just one of those things where if Hedman failed, I have felt very confident that I would get enough points from that block of players that like I could compete if McDavid did McDavid things. And guess what? You know, he did. It happened. I was right there in the mix and, you know, came up, I guess, 15 points short at the end of the night, but had Jonathan Juin and Mike Hoffman had, you know, projection games instead of ceiling games and hitting, you know, 16, 17 points like they did. Um, I'm very much in the mix to, you know, win the entire thing with a combined seven points from those two Tampa cheaper defensemen that I played. So a really interesting situation. I think it just goes to show how flexible you can be in assessing this late. Now, obviously you didn't need to play Tampa guys. There were so many options, um, but it just felt like, like the most risk-free way to attack things. And I don't know, I, I, you know, it's me. So obviously I think what I did was right, but um, you know, super interesting anyway. Anything else you want to add? No, 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 I think that, that we should get to the slate, but no, good point. Um, yeah, all around. I, again, I, I think that the, the reason people didn't play headband is because all the other pieces, like you said, were good plays and it helped you get McKinnon. It helped you get um, other players that were played more than even McDavid. So yeah, we can move on though. Let's get to the slate. Um, it's 13 games, uh, but uh, you know, it's on a site that we're going to be playing on DraftKings. Have you heard of it? I have. Uh, they are actually this. I believe they're still the sponsor of this show. I, I did not get a, a call from the FBI or from the powers that be that uh, you know, that this 2024, this is no longer a thing. So we are still sponsored by DraftKings. Um, you know, specifically the sports book. But you know, hey, uh, you can mix in both. Like while I was winning over in DFS, I was losing over on the sports book. You know, sometimes it flips, like we talked about uh, last week. So um. 
you know, when you can in your states, uh, bet on bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN if you need to make an account. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- Eight seven eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please wear responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, Ford in Ontario, see dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. All right, so, um, yeah, 13 games on the docket. Uh, just to quickly preview things, um, you know, we, we have a few less of the expensive centers than we did Tuesday night, but obviously most of the players in the league are still playing. So uh, we have Pittsburgh heading to Boston, Buffalo at Montreal, Chicago at the Rangers, uh, clearly the Rangers in a, in a you know, popular-ish matchup, um, given, you know, uh, prices and whatnot with the matchup in Chicago, uh, Columbus at Philly, Co- or Colorado at Dallas, Tampa at Minnesota, Calgary at Nashville, Vancouver at St. Louis, the Islanders at Arizona, Ottawa at Seattle, Florida at Vegas, Detroit at LA, and Winnipeg at San Jose. Um, LA could get popular here. I'm not sure, um, but they have new lines. So just, you know, stay tuned for those. And then obviously Winnipeg taking on San Jose, um, you know, that, that should get some ownership as well. The rest of this slate kind of seems rather spread out. There, there's a few like news type items that could drive ownership that we'll cover. Um, you know, namely Drew Doughty appears to be out. I'm not sure if we got full follow up on that, but Brent Clark got oh, called they, up and they, was playing. Oops, sorry, they go said, ahead. They said maintenance. They, they said maintenance. Ah, okay. Okay, so Brent Clark got called up, but he probably doesn't play. So um, in any case, Jared Spurgeon is on IR. So that means the uh, Brock Faber experience continues. Um, you know, so so congratulations to everyone for grinding out those 8.3 fantasy points from Brock Faber on Thursday night. Um, yeah, let's just start things off with Pittsburgh at Boston, unless there was anything else sort of at a higher level on the slate you wanted to make sure we covered. Uh no, uh, we'll, I'll talk about everything when we get to it. There's no sense. Uh, we'll just start right where we are. Pittsburgh at Boston. It is a minus 110 on both sides of the six over under, which is a very low total on the slate. I don't believe it's the lowest. It's very close. Yeah, it's very, very close. I'll ba- basically a tie. Um, it's not quite a pick uh, but minus 155 for Boston. So not really a pick at all uh, at Pittsburgh. Going from pretty big favorites against Washington, which was something that Puck Luck picked up on and, and thought that that, you know, I put, you know, always put a little bit of money on some of those bets as well. And it was like, hey, Washington's a better bet here. And um, Washington, they get the win against Pittsburgh. Uh, there was a lot of goals in that game. Um, So all of that being said, Boston was, I'm guessing, somewhat popular. And you had a nice little post about how that top line of Pasternak, Kiki, and um, Zaka is just not really good because uh, Pasternak can't carry them as much as maybe they need. And they're keeping it all together. Didn't look like there was any changes really on either side of the coin. So this is a game that I really didn't have much interesting to start. And I think at these prices for 
really all of the players you're interested in. Um, besides Raquel, are just a little too much for me. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the, the Boston numbers are are certainly sliding. Um, there's no way around it. Um, you know, Pasternak was ridiculously chalky against Columbus. You know, we 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 assess everything, and you know, obviously, I think we got it right by saying, you know, like, look, like there's other teams in similar spots that we just think are better because they're not tied to Morgan Geeky and Pavel Zaka, who, you know, just frankly aren't getting it done. Um, and, you know, as good as Pasternak is, that makes it far more likely that he doesn't hit that ridiculous ceiling that you need when you pay for his price tag. Um, ownership comes because the prices are low. So I get that. Like it probably is fine um, in like a middle ownership spot. Um, I think though, I would consider like a, charlie mcavoy with it and just sort of try to you know try to elude the fact that like pavel zaka and morgan geeky can be you know upwards of 20 percent themselves um and there's no guarantee that if if pasternak gets there for his price tag that morgan geeky at 4200 or pavel zaka at 4900 gets there for his so um you know mcavoy is pretty thin as well but at least i feel like you're getting a little bit of differentiation from the field and please for the love of god do not play hampus lindholm he was also like 15% last late. And that's just, I mean, what are you doing at that point? Like you're, you're just betting on nothing. I mean, there's no reason to, um, you know, think that Hampus Lindholm is a necessity in a uh, David Pasternak lineup. So uh, yeah, I'm generally out here. I think I will go right back to the Ricard Raquel. Well, um, at least for another slate, 4,400, the role's just too good not to, um, the matchup is obviously a little bit concerning, but um, 13 games, I think you just take your quote-unquote guaranteed points, and his role is among the best in the NHL because he's alongside Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby, and that's especially true when you consider the price tag, um, 4400 Just, you know, assume nothing changes because of the loss, and he's among the top plays of the slate yet again. Um, but if things change, you know, be in the Discord, we'll keep you updated. Anything else right, here? You know what? I'm just gonna no, I not not on the game, but you said something interesting right there at the end. It's something that I kind of actually asked you about yesterday. Uh not yesterday, um, when you're listening to this, but on Tuesday, when you know, I was like, Do you like again? I was like, I was building a lot of lineups that just didn't correlate a lot. And I was like, I think I'm I feel like I'm I'm doing something that the field is doing, and maybe not something that's smart. And uh I just wanted to quickly again, we're back to back 13 game slate, so uh, you had an interesting note on that. And I just didn't know if you wanted to mention it for people just kind of as they're starting their process, like thoughts on a 13 game slate, as far as getting in, you know, three or four player stacks versus kind of spreading the wealth, like you're saying, and almost going into more of a cash game shell or a two. Um, I think it's more important on these larger slates to correlate. Um, you know, it doesn't make it a necessity to play, you know, four man stacks or anything like that. Um, but the reason you correlate is to get fewer things right. And on these larger slates, um, the, the field is going to get fewer things right because, you know, as we saw, like if 25% of the field is on Boston, well, you know, even if Boston had smashed, there were still 12 other games for them to pick teams from and not all of them were going to hit. So like you're basically going up against fewer and fewer teams with your stack because so many you know, there's so many landmines. Ownership is so spread out that if you hit the right teams, which if you're playing GPPs, you need to assume that your stack hits in order to win money. Like that's just the way it works. Um, with you know, first place getting 20 to 30 percent of the prize pool. 
you need to be certain that when you get that thing right, you capitalize on it. So like for me, it was, you know, this Tampa block. I played the three Tampa guys and I played Steven Stamkos with it, basically saying, okay, well, you know, I'm getting my floor of minutes and of blocks and whatever else, but, you know, Hedman or someone has to get points too. Like I, I can't get there, you know, for that much. So, you know, I'm like looking through and I see Steven Samco's projects. Okay. And I'm like, okay, that that's fine. He correlates with Hedman. You know, if they score a bunch of five on five, I'm golden. Okay. I can do whatever I want after that. I play a one-off for card Raquel. I play, you know, McDavid RNH mini. It's not a big deal. But if I hadn't done that, if I had played two Tampa guys, two Edmonton guys, you know, two, whatever, two Washington pieces and Edmonton one goes for a hundred points. Like they almost did. Um, like, it's, I just think you need to have some sort of full stack in there to make sure that you're capitalizing on everything that can go right for what you're betting on. Um, and so that to me is how to play these larger slates. But I understand that some people look at it and say, well, now there's more options. I can be more selective and, you know, leave off these tertiary pieces that, um, you know, aren't going to you know, necessarily project well, like the Morgan Geekies or whatever. Um, so it's just not how I see things personally. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. And we can move over to Buffalo at Montreal. Uh, Buffalo is a minus 135 favorite here on the road. You know my <laughs> feelings on them. I hate them. I think they're the worst. Uh, it's an over under of six and a half minus 122, mm. which is just, again, right up there with the top on the entire slate. Just a, just a shade yep. under a couple others. Um, so, yeah, there should be interest in this game, though. I'm not saying there isn't. Cole Caulfield continues to smash. I, you know, I, he, didn't break the slate last slate. He didn't win a GPP, but he scored his third goal in as many games. Um, two shots on goal, plus two against Dallas, who is a very, very tough matchup, which is more the reason why I faded it. Um, but, you know, that team is hitching their entire offensive wagon, it feels like, to Hughes and Suzuki because, well, who else is left? And including the who else is left, we are, I think, very likely losing Josh Anderson. Uh, it didn't look good. It, you know, definitely looked like an injury. Um Maybe it's not as bad as we think, but even if it's not as bad as we think, I just I I can't see him coming in and playing in this one. But do keep an eye on it. Um, yeah, top power play also has Slavkovsky again and on the top line. Uh, so we'll just kind of keep it with Montreal and and your thoughts there on a Montreal team that just feels cheap considering the you know team they're going against. No, absolutely. Um, they are. I think um, you know Cole Caulfield one offs are okay. Um, I do think ownership gets maybe inflated to the point where it just makes sense to take a flyer on Slavkovsky. Um, his expecteds are perfectly fine. His production has been iffy, but, you know, for the price tag, I think you can survive, uh, you know, a relatively low output game from him um, because there's such a good chance that if Caulfield hits in a big way, that Slavkovsky pays off his price tag. I mean, you know, it's down at 3,300 uh, playing about 20 minutes a night and you know if anderson's out that only further solidifies the role for him so um yeah i like it nick suzuki is definitely more of a luxury but he is priced totally fairly for what he is which is a pass first uh ice time minute eater and so yeah it, it makes sense uh mike matheson is is also okay I'm, I'm not overly exuberant about uh, Montreal in this spot, but like, it's, it's fine. I just think Buffalo is a little bit better defensively than, you know, than their goalies have given them credit for. Um, and that Montreal is, you know, they're good, but they're a one line team in essence. And so like, it's pretty much play them or really don't play anyone. There's no one depth wise that I'm interested in here. 
Yeah, no, that that's, uh, sums it up. I was kind of waiting for you to not say Mike Matheson, and then I was going to say, honestly, I don't think it's a bad play at all. Um, you got to think 6K is coming down to a point of, I think, correctly priced. And if you're going the Montreal route, you know, this is the guy that's hit, what, like four of his last six blocks bonuses, as well as incredibly involved on the in the offensive side of the game. Like, I'm guessing he's got to be like, he might be leading this team in points or like tied or like he's tied with um, Caulfield and he's just a few under Suzuki. It's not like it's absurd to think this guy couldn't, you know, put you in a good spot, but I, I, you know, they don't really need to be pushed. As I mentioned, that's kind of where the offense is going to come through. It's not a lot of guessing games and there's no sense in getting carried away Uh, on the Buffalo side. Maybe you could make a debate for a few pieces, but I'm sure the popular stack here and in a six and a half in a good matchup, you know, and they are favorited would be the Tage Tuck Skinner line. It was all power play correlated with Dalina Middlestead again against Ottawa. Now they lost, you know, five to one. So maybe things change as far as the power play is concerned. I didn't get any confirmation there, but it looked to stay the same um, in practice. I have been very into Jack Quinn um, and, and sort of just continuing to, you know, bet him in different capacities. Um, you know, got a couple goal bets, but we're happy there, but. 3,700, I, I, that, that's probably the one option outside of that top line that I'm actually giving a good look to. And it might be a bit more predicate on him being on the top power play, but any thoughts on the Sabres team? Yeah, I, I think it's really easy for the Sabres. You just stack uh, Cousins, Quinn, Paterka. They are, I think, the best line on the team. Like, Tage is just not himself, and that could change. But uh, Cousins, Paterka, Quinn, there's proof of concept. They did it for an entire season last year. Um, that I mean, since Quinn has come back in eight games, that line leads the team in expected goals. Um, you know, Paterka leads the team in actual goals. So, like, there's you know some more proof of concept there as well. Um, well, actually, Zach Benson hasn't beaten out in ten game sample, but I'm not you know I'm not redoing everything to look at just the six games. Um, but yeah, that second line is really good for Buffalo. I also think that you know Buffalo on the road that means Suzuki goes out against the Tage line. I don't think that matters that much, um, but like, you know, <laughs> uh, if, if I can get the underbelly of this uh, Montreal team, like I'll happily take that and, you know, just, yeah, be be, be quite happy with, uh, you know, getting a Sean Manahan matchup or whoever else they want to throw at the second line. So um, they're just better. They're cheaper. They're all sub 5K. They're all power play correlated. Um, we, we've definitely seen like before Donato got sick on the weekend, you know, they, they were like, Hey, uh, Owen power is going to be with the top unit and Darlene's going to be with these other guys that didn't last through the weekend. So like, I would not anticipate that being the case, but if the Sabres are struggling, there's absolutely no reason that this three man unit should not be considered the first unit, you know, if Darlene gets a shift with them. So, uh, things are a bit tenuous for the top line. I agree with you. They're cheap enough so that I think they'll be chalky. So why not just leverage it by taking a line that's straight up outperformed them over like an 80 game sample uh, offensively and are much cheaper. So like, yeah, give me, give me Buffalo two here. Okay. All right. That's very fair. We can move over to another, uh, you know, potential spot that could be chalky, uh, you know, with the Rangers, you know, I, I we'll, we'll, you know, we're going to get into everything there. Um, they're minus 395 at home mm-hmm. against the Blackhawks. So, yep. It's a six, and a half correct plus you know 102 on that over six and a half but but nevertheless that gives the rangers i have to assume the highest total on the slate um i don't even think it's really that close per vegas and people will look to this team 
Um, Panarin is the guy that we've mentioned in the same breath as many of the top players in the league, and he's in a great spot. Um, he did, you know, shatter the slate against Tampa before the break on the 30th. Um, and now he's playing Chicago, which is not Tampa. Uh, it's Chicago. So I, you know, I could see definitely the second line getting a bit popular. Um, the top lines feels broken and the price has come down a decent bit. And we, I, I'm going to say, you know, just keep an eye on if they make a change, because like I said, it's been bad, but you know, you're stacking through the top power play. So uh, um, what say you on the Rangers and stacking them if you were going to or not and what, how you would. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not nothing that Connor Bedard is the most expensive center here. Like clearly ownership's just going to be through the roof on uh, these Rangers pieces. You know, I, I write along with you uh, prefer the Trocek Panarin side of things. I, I think it's okay to leave off Lafreniere. You know, he's going to be very popular. I think there's other value pieces that are fine and there's no guarantee that he gets there. If, um, you know, if the, uh, if the two of them uh, do get there. Um, I think it's worth a look though, at like including just this full top line Blake Wheeler stuff. I mean, I don't know, yeah. like, like they're better with Blake Wheeler than with any other option this year. Like that's just undeniable. Zabinajad and Kreider. Like, I mean, their numbers they, are far better with Wheeler. They could try so, another option. Well, I mean, they tried like Johnny Brzezinski there. Like they, they've tried to roll through guys, but without Hedl, without Kako, like it's just kind of, you know, uh, yeah. Like, you know, what, what are you supposed to do? I guess. Um, well, they called so. up that, uh, I honestly, Brandon, Othman oh, yeah, yeah. Brandon, Brandon Othman, um, but he's not awesome. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> uh, he's not, as you know. Um, okay. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, well, I, so the, the but I mean, so, from, so, if okay, no. sorry, if if that per, if that percolates that Wheeler is like you know bad with them or whatever, just just keep in mind that like I'm looking at natural saturation because 190 minutes with uh you know with Wheeler and without Wheeler splits down the middle, and without Wheeler they are rocking a 2.3 expected goals, a 2.5 actual goals. With Wheeler it's 2.7 expected goals, so slightly better, and a 4.2 expect their actual goals, which is obviously much better. So like. You know, it, it it is actually tangible that like Blake Wheeler is better there than the other nonsense options. But yeah, keep an eye out. Maybe Hoffman's there. Um, in that case, I'd be totally fine playing Kreider or Benajad, just knowing that you know that the field likes their three man stacks and they literally can't do it. So maybe that shifts ownership more toward Panarin and Trocheck. Yeah, yeah. Keep an eye on it. We'll, we will see tomorrow. I, 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 you know, I really think it'll stay with Wheeler. But the, there was a quote that I saw somewhere that was basically Laviolette saying that like he's bringing up these Hartford players and they're going to continue to be in their role so they can like continue like they're there and that they go oh, yeah I like something yeah. like that and like that was why Brzezinski got moved up quickly into the top six because they're like no that's mm-hmm. where he is that's what a player he is he's not up you know so whatever but we get we'll, we'll know tomorrow yeah, and, um, I have really nothing yeah. okay oh, uh, so so Othman if he plays check the sports books if he's out there because he's like a really good prospect you know Brzezinski he's like this 30 yeah. year old like AHL offense only guy uh, Othman's an actual prospect he's got a rocket shot you know uh, really good rates and juniors and whatnot so 
Uh, he's he's well worth consideration. Like I said, not on the DraftKings like DFS slate, but if he's posted for like a goal prop or whatever, and he's in the top six, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, follow through with that because the Rangers are coming off a six to one loss to Carolina, so we should expect to see changes. Check in in the morning, just make sure nothing goes crazy. Defensively, I think you can play Adam Fox, Jacob Truba, um, even Gustafson at this point. He's now back down to thirty three hundred. Um, you know, the ceiling is there. For these guys, the floors are absolutely not, except for Jake Truba. Um, so, like, my preferred play is Jacob Truba, even in a, you know, Panarin Trocek sack or something, just because I think he's better for fantasy than Adam Fox is. Um, but there is a ceiling. You just got to fight some ownership in order to access it. So, uh, no interest in Chicago here for me. Yeah, no, no, I just, I, I'll mention the one note of Bavillier to the IR. I looked like it's going to be back to Donato uh, top power play top line again, that 3,100. So that is what it is. Um, Let's move over to the blue jackets at the flyers. Um, We, you know, we, we attacked the flyers and came out on top for the first time. It feels like all season. I'm not sure I'm going back to that. Well, uh, because Columbus does not employ Connor McDavid, unfortunately for them and all of our fellow listeners out there in Columbus, uh, no Wierenski still. No Lyonnais still, no Jenner, no Corrale. Uh, They did change up their top nine um, in practice, and I retweeted it, and I'm going to pull it up right now. But while I'm pulling it up, um, is there anything you want to add on this game in general? Because uh, it kind of just feels um, like a stay away. Yeah, Philly, Philly. we just got to check in morning skate if you're interested in Philly. This is the only side that I would be interested in personally. Um, you know, I, I do think Philly long-term is still a good team. That Like, their underlings are really stellar. Like, they're not the smoke and mirrors, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, capping off a long road trip, now they're back at home. And, you know, I, I, that, that stuff matters. And so we don't know what their lines will look like. They went into a blunder uh, before the game, and then obviously they got McDavided. So, like, you know, we, we really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but I'm obviously most interested in where Owen Tippett winds up. He's 5,400. Um, he's a perfect candidate to sort of bounce back after two tough games, um, but really not a whole lot on the Philly side otherwise because most of their pieces are pretty expensive. Uh, like, uh, uh, Atkinson and Farabee are both north of 5k, which is just like no thank you. Um, so yeah, that that's that's about it. Just check in on Tippett and maybe his line mates, but otherwise, uh, what you got on the Columbus side was Gaudreau, Fantilli, Roslovich. Um, the quote unquote Russian line stayed intact. Okay, Aaron Port's line, not very creative, if you ask me. Um, and then Johnson, Cylinder, Benstrom. Uh, Overoff okay. missed with an illness, so I guess at least keep an eye on that. Just you know. Probably nothing, but if it becomes something, this is not quite a Tampa five defenseman situation, but it almost may as well be. Yeah. I think they have basically no one, um, and and I don't even know what they would really do in that situation. Uh, last game, just for you, if you're thinking, oh, control with, you know, whatever, uh, Rosovich didn't take uh, any power play run at all, um, and it was still... Uh, Provorov on the top unit, Severson on the second unit, but if Provorov misses, you know, Severson becomes even more of an option. And it, frankly, I think he kind of, no, he, he's got, nah. Now nah, let's just move on. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Roslovich and Severson are both, you know, north of 3,500. So they're yeah. not like the pure punt that like we're, you know, really interested in sort of sussing out on these types of slates. Exactly. So um, Colorado, so, Dallas. Um, you ready? Uh, yeah. yeah by, are we by, gonna... the, by the way, Philly's, 
Philly's big favorites, minus 198. And in this game, it is basically a slight minus 130 Dallas lean at home, six and a half. Both games are six and a half right around the uh, pick them spot. So, yes. Yeah, I wish I could take this game and just, you know, exit out from the slate. I I just, I mean, I hate both of these teams. They're both perfect. They're really slow teams. Um, Like just, you know, pace wise, um, their recent trends are no different. Um, This Jonathan Drewin thing is just, you know, still preposterous, but he's playing 20, 21 minutes. Um, So like, you know, it is what it is. He's going to project well. Uh, regardless of matchup so it's at least somewhat encouraging that jason robertson is back above 7k for the first time since uh yes for the first time since early november um i I still think if you really want a piece of this game you just play sagan duchene but like there's just uh, yeah there's no interest here for me i i can't do it yeah uh these prices are not right as bob barker never said he, he said they were right but unfortunately they're, they're wrong here and well he said that in happy gilmore i guess the price is wrong and that's what he's saying here again um it, it's just bad i don't know what i did like the one thing is drew in that gets you into the colorado mix and I, I i'm just not doing it the guy's gonna have one shot on goal if he scores i lost if he doesn't score i win you know what you can hedge your bet if you'd like yeah you can go right ahead and hedge but if they don't get an astronomical amount of power play run again, like I, I kind of just think, and, and if things stop stop working, Nutrition's right back up. I think if they start trailing, like you're just going to lose. Like I just think too many paths of him failing. Uh, to I'm staying away from a bad matchup and probably some ownership. Um, and then the, exactly the same sentiment on Dallas that you're at least alluding to. If you don't, not just outright saying like they're starting to get priced up because they've had some really enticing matchups and ownerships come through and they've gotten there a little bit. It, this is not one of them. Um, I could just move right on. No yep. updates or changes. Everything looked about the same in practice. So, yeah, uh, you you mentioned Dallas too. I think the reason you played Dallas too is because, in my, at least in my opinion, is because you think Colorado goaltending is broken. And I I honestly think it might be. I mean, we were talk- talking about Georgia at the beginning of the year as like, wow, that was clear and obviously the the pick for uh, the Vesna. Like everyone was like, man, like, I'm kicking myself and. Boy, he just he looks a bit lost out there. Uh, and I just don't play that way. So I'm gonna be fading it and moving on to Tampa and Minnesota. And I can bring us right in with a couple updates if you're ready. Go for it. So Tampa didn't have a full practice, but they did note that there was no Sergachev, there was no Chernak. Um, so it definitely is gonna be a wait and see for tomorrow. Weird, like you're saying, like that. I don't know what happened with Sergachev, but don't love that he uh didn't play, obviously. Um Minnesota, uh, a plenty. Surgeon goes to the IR. Kaprizov goes to the IR. Rodin remains on the IR. Zuccarello remains on the IR. Uh, Felino missed last game with an injury. This kind of feels like a bit of a walking dead, and um, I might just fade it. Um, Yeah, Nick Patan, 2,600, played 14 minutes, second power play time. Um, uh, if Assuming he sticks with Hartman and Rossi, like that line is really cheap, but you know, they, they just got, uh, I mean, they just got suffocated by Calgary. So that could change the top line is, you know, again, too expensive. Johansson's just not enticing at 3,500 because, you know, he's Jonathan Juin, but you know, no one's going to play him. So like, I mean, maybe, um, but yeah, I still respect Tampa defensively. They're 
they're fine. You know, like regardless of who who is in or out of the lineup, I they're gonna be able to use an emergency exception call up. So like I'm I would be flabbergasted if there were to be uh, five defensemen again. Um, right but like you know I, i'm not a cba expert so like maybe there's some reason that they actually can't or something like that or they don't want to um that you know just just keep an eye on it if sergachev and chernak both miss we could see the exact same situation play out where you know Perbix is t- getting 26 minutes at 3100 like clearly that's just a fine play um, yeah I, so. I i guess i, I probably should have said that also it, it would be pretty like very unlikely that we actually see a five man like, almost impossible um that so, example has five but yeah perfect per still is in play there's some punts yeah. and whatnot uh i don't know if you noticed this but connor sherry is listed as a defenseman on DraftKings. not that that's all that important but i was like who the hell is sherry on the defense <laughs> for tampa um yeah, yeah. just uh it's whoops. the same thing with the 11 and 6 that they, they just don't know how to uh you know include that in your uh, like in your post game reports, so it just puts them in where the the last defenseman's supposed to be. Uh, last game we did see Kucherov of Stamkos and Sorelli. Does that line interest you at all? Uh, I, a little bit. Um, I I know I I mentioned this to you as well, where I, I was like trying to figure out like wait if I'm like like you were saying about Hedman, like you were digging the smart angle, and I, I was taking the dumb angle, and I was saying, well, what about if Radish gets there? Like, does that look like Sorelli? And I don't know. I I, I get it, but I'm probably not gonna do it um i think you just play the good players if you're gonna play this game like regardless of if tampa calls up someone from syracuse and they're gonna be in the lineup like if you're playing kucherov i, I think you're playing headman you know if you're playing stamkos i still think you're playing headman like if one of those players is breaking a 13 game slate at their price and i get it stamkos is very fairly priced you're like headman's getting there again okay uh, yeah, no, I like it. I I would just need to see some more news to to be certain because again, they 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 did lose, you know, forty two against uh, Winnipeg. So like, um, it is cool though to see Kucherov and Stamkos together at five on five like that. You know, because obviously the power play, their connection is so strong. Stamkos does have a really solid run of form coming into things here, so I think he's very much in play again. Um, you know, for, he's in my consideration. That that's you know our our term for like they're in the mix, but you know, eh. Um, that that's where Stamkos currently resides. Kudrov ninety seven hundred. It's just very tough to play guys at that salary and build good teams. So um, I'm very selective with how I'm you know deploying those types of players in not a plus matchups. So let's get to Calgary at Nashville. Uh, you got anything for me off the top here? Um, it's uh, six over under. Uh, it's Nashville minus one twenty five. So one of your lower totals. Pretty evenly matched up. I don't know why. I feel like I'm surprised to see Nashville favorite at home. It actually does make sense. I don't. Uh, I, I I don't know why I still think the Flames are useful or any good. Um, and I think that, like, there does become a point to where I, I take a look at Huberto again. Um, kind of feels like a little bit like you're chasing points right now. But if you're thinking like I can play Jonathan Druin, uh, obviously, I, like I was saying before, though, like absolutely, absolutely not as a one-off, but you're kind of paying through the nose for it. Like Huberto up with Lindholm, does that even make it wiggle or move? Or I'm going to stop using the expression wiggle at this point. But um, like Lindholm has been firing. Uh, you know, he hasn't hit a shot bonus in his last five, but he also hasn't gone over or under four shots on goal his last five. All of them have been exactly four. So like, could you consider 5100 Lindholm? And what I would say is a pretty good matchup. And if you are, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm almost 100% positive I was pulling it up right now, but he's with Huberto. Uh, yeah, I would expect that to remain the same from last game. 
Um, it, the the sort of surprising like emergence from this team has been uh, Sharon Govich. Uh, I frankly did not give him any credit coming over in the Defoli trade. And for the last, I would say, 20-ish games, he's been like actually useful. Um, and he's priced at 4700 so he's priced like he's useful. Um, but just, you know, for, for, for reference's sake, I mean, he's at six shot attempts per game over the last 10. You know, Kadri's at 6.4, uh, Lindholm's at 4.7. So, like, it's a very, very uh, useful line. And, you know, Huberto, obviously you're taking a leap of faith, but when the prices are low like this, you know, the total is going to be relatively low for Calgary. I don't see a ton of differentiation between this game and like, I don't know, the like uh, the majority of the games on this slate. So like if it's going to be far lower owned just in general than these other games, then yeah, I'll t- I'll, I'm perfectly happy to take a stab at, um, you know, a correlated Lindholm Sharon Govich power play. Um, I'm definitely playing Rasmus Sanderson with it though. I mean, this dude's on yeah. just the run of a century. He's really expensive. I, I get why you don't play Rasmus Sanderson. Um, but he is truly in like the triple bonus category and like anytime those guys are on a slate, I'm, I'm interested. So like pricing aside, it's so easy to make the money work. Um, in, in my opinion that like, he's just really powerful. So like if I'm stacking Calgary, I'm including, you know, uh, a Rasmus Anderson, assuming we get confirmed power play, uh, you know, there's no reason to believe he's off the top unit or anything is what I'm trying to say. So, um, right. Or, yeah, I, honestly, I, I, I honestly, yeah, I'm sorry. What? Mackenzie Weger's been really good too. And and I know he's really expensive again, but it just, if you need a one-off defenseman and you're just like, look, I'm playing some chalky stuff, do consider spending up a defense, especially on the slate. And I mean, these guys are just, the offense goes to defensemen in Calgary. Like it's just, yep. it's been a thing under Sutter. It's still a thing. These dudes are getting involved and they have a really safe floor because, you know, they block a ton of shots too. Um, so look, it's really expensive, I know, but this is a great matchup for it, in my opinion. Yeah. I, it, like to me, I, I feel like my train of thought really, and I was, I'm glad you got to share it, because that was kind of where I was trying to lead you. Um, like great play. And I get the price. Anderson, great play. Uh, and the price is expensive, but you are able to afford around it. Elias Lindham at 5,100. I think that's underpriced. And Hubert at 3,600. I think he's bad, but like there, again, it reaches a point where uh, the only reason you don't play him is because he might not be on the top power play. And I think he's going to take over for Connor Zari again. Uh, he scored. I think he gets rewarded. Ooh. So keep an eye on that. Ooh. Um, EJ with the uh, coaches, the coaching angle. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. It's all I have. That's all I have is to make up stuff at this point and pray. No, I really, no, I mean, he did actually get a little bit of run with them if you look through. Um, and it could just be like Zari's first guy off, anyways, and he's the first mm-hmm. guy out. But I, I, like, again, the guy scored. I think you reward him. So keep an eye on that in practice. They normally they give us some good stuff on the Nashville side of things. Um, it, it's just not difficult. Like, if you're going to play Nashville, like going ahead, uh, you know, you're playing Roman Yossi, you're playing Philippe Forsberg. Uh, Forsberg, while didn't hit my shot prop, had nine shot attempts. He had two on goal and he does that sometimes, you know, he, he's about 50% over his last five on getting the puck on net. And sometimes he's going to go 20. Sometimes he's going to go 60. What are you going to do? Um, but he's playable. And so was Roman Yossi. I don't really know if you, you could play someone else with them. Uh, there's options that exist and they're not hard to find. Yeah. I, I was surprised really to see either. Yeah. I was really surprised to see Nike was get a, get a ton of attention on uh, Tuesday night. Like he was just as owned as Yossi. Um, which, you know, it's, 
it's a little dicey. Um, you know, he I'm not going to slander him like, uh, you know, like Druin or whatever, because um, he is a useful player, but he is a very low floor option for his price tag. So, like, um, I would be fine playing, you know, Yossi Forsberg and, you know, whatever. Like, you don't need to play other dudes on this team. So, uh, and that's all I would do. I'm not dumpster diving. The second, third, fourth line at this point are pretty interchangeable. So, like, I just don't see the point of trying to bet on these minimum salary guys. Like, I don't know, Cole Smith and Cody Glass and Evangelista, like they're they're fine, but nothing that I'm interested in on this biggest late. So let's get to Vancouver at St. Louis. Um Vancouver continues to do it. I I don't know. They put up six on Ottawa. Um yep. I mean good good for them. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I mean, so who got hurt? He just happy got hurt, and Suter slid yep. up to the Besser uh the Besser Miller line. So that's an obvious spot to pay attention to. Suter is 3,200. Clearly the role is, is fine. Now you're chasing points. Yes. But um, there was not a time too long ago when he came over and was in Chicago and it was like, Oh, this dude's like actually good. And he went to Detroit and was just bad. So like, I don't know. I, I can see it. I'm keeping an eye on this one for sure to see if he's getting, you know, like second power play, second PK time or anything like that, that I can sort of hang my hat on his minutes for being better than a guy like Di Giuseppe, who was, you know, five on five only, like just not very useful of a player. So uh, yeah, any thoughts yeah. on this game here? Well, and the rates are also good for him. Um, And, and they did make a call up. So we didn't see lines, but, you know, Linus Carlson gets called up. So again, just keep an eye on everything and see, you know, before, you jump on anything, but uh, I I definitely am very interested in Vancouver here. The prices stay where they are, and they are just better than these prices. Many of them. Um, I kind of just think I could see myself one-offing Elias Pettersson. Um, I just find him to be unbelievably good uh, in every capacity and everything he are does. Are you sure? Always. Are you sure you don't want to play Andre Kuzmenko? I, I I mean you know me I, I'm actually a defender uh, and a believer oh, in, in the player God. but uh, unfortunately for me if they get up he just doesn't play and so if I'm saying I like Vancouver I think they might win this one you know they're going to score unless if he scores those first few goals it's over and he's going to get a zero um, play ten minutes so it's four K and I just think that if I'm actually like not finding what is it four hundred more for Ricard Raquel like I'm probably a fraud so. Yeah, no, that's yeah, hilarious. I just, I mean, people might play him too uh, against yep. St. Louis. So like, I don't know, just, just don't. Yeah. Um, on the St. Louis side, Justin, oh, sorry. Oh, would, I'm bringing up Quinn Hughes again. Lord forgive me, I have sinned. Uh, any thoughts there or just don't? Absolutely not. No. All right, perfect. Uh, that's fine. I just wanted to mention it. Like it's a player that's really good. And like, I'm not, I, just, I'm not I feel spending... like anytime I, yeah. Right. I'm not spending money to oh. bet on three points from a guy. Like I, I'm, I'm just not doing that. Like I'm betting on shop floors. I'm betting on blocks bonuses. I'm betting on tangible fantasy value. That's not just oh the puck goes in a bunch. Now see, or uh, Vancouver is the absolute worst team for for me to say that about because guess yeah. what the puck's going in a bunch. But like <laughs> it's just not sustainable. So like yeah. I'll keep betting against it. All right, noted hater. All right, yeah, yeah, a guy who played Connor McDavid is betting on three point nights. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, we, what yeah. we're gonna say about St. Right. Louis? They're the same yeah, player, the, the exact same thing. Uh, Justin Falk is out, so that makes me somewhat interested in Tori Krug. Um, you know, he's almost guaranteed to run the top power play, forty three hundred. Um, 
he's always a guy who I like more than the field, I think, but um, he's in consideration one-off, you know, stacking maybe, but um, this slate's big enough where I don't think you need to take any swings at St. Louis stuff at their current prices. So um, three Krug, that's about it for me. Any any other interest in St. Louis? Uh, I, I mean, I think I'm always at least a little bit interested in Jordan Cairo, but uh, it, it's pretty uh, fringe at best. Uh, so yeah, I can just move over. N- nothing else really jumps off the page. Uh, okay. We have the Islanders and the Arizona Coyotes. We finally reach the lowest total of the night. Um, just a hair under, by the way, the Calgary National game. And I guess I didn't mention it's a pick on six and a half over under in the Vancouver St. Louis game with, you know, obviously Vancouver favorited, but Skipped over a few of those. This is almost a pick em itself. A very, very slight minus 105 lean to Arizona. Um, Islanders are on a bit of a West Coast or whatever you want to call the Arizona, Colorado, the central-ish West Coast. I don't think there's really a term for it. But the point being, the mountain west, is that good? They're, they're going. They're taking a trip through the mountain region. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they have only kind of, Arizona, that, uh, I mean, the Islanders have only been priced up more than when I said they're already too expensive. And therefore, for that reason, I moved. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks that the over-under on this game, I think, is directly exploitable. Like, these two teams have done nothing to really <laughs> warrant yeah. a relatively low total. Like, I don't know, like, uh, Arizona scores when they should score. The Islanders seem to just score i don't know they they have these random games where they just get shelled but like um you know that they're, they're talented enough i think to overcome their relative lack of territorial like dominance and so um yeah it, it's just a shame that these prices are really high for what this what this game offers uh keep an eye on arizona there, there's a lot of moving pieces i think we could finally see some changes in the, in the lineup um so, like, if Michelli moves up or something, that's obviously a spot to target. Um, but clearly, Michelli's on a bit of a downturn. He's, you know, uh, he was popping a bit before his run uh, of points, and now he's not gotten many points, and he's not shooting a bunch. So, like, you know, it, it, he's not going to profile quite as well. So, uh, proceed with caution if you're one of those people who's looking at my sheet every day and going, like, oh, my gosh, like, Michelli's just, you know, he's gotten cheaper. Like, just keep jamming. You know, it's it's a bit less uh, stable than it was, say, a week ago. So, did you, uh, did your cats want to add something to this discourse? It sounds like they had oh, something to say. She's she's just marching around looking for someone to to wave a toy at her or something. So we're I'll, like, I'll, what are we? We're two games. We're two games away from talking about your cat, I believe. So we'll we'll get to it. Don't worry if it's that cat. If it's the cat I'm thinking. Of. Okay, it's right. the other we're, one. But we're okay. ah darn it. We're gonna circle back to that joke in two games. I promise. Um. Okay. Yeah. So everything you said agreed. Um, I, I mean, if you, you know, you can't, if you're going to play the Islanders, like, again, there's a 13 games and I don't think they're going to be popular. I think they're too expensive, but like Dobson, Barzal and Horvet are still very, very good. Um, and Anders Lee fits in, uh, you know, I'm not going to do it, but you can, um, that's yeah. I think I'm good to move over unless if there was one last thing you wanted nope, to please shout uh, out that I got you thinking about, um, well, let's keep going. Yeah. Moser returned so... last game. And they're so bad. Ottawa, Seattle. Okay. Ottawa, Seattle. Well, Ottawa's bad. Does the field think Ottawa's bad? I, I, I'm not sure. I think maybe. But like, like are you did, were they owned last night? No, they weren't. Okay. Well, actually, uh 
I, I mean, Vancouver wasn't owned, so I don't really think the, you know, and maybe that's more Vancouver pricing than anything else. But the reason I ask is like Seattle is very fairly priced here. Um, you know, we, we got a bit of a Yuli Tolvin in resurgence, which is always nice to see picking up two points in the Winter Classic. Um, but Yanni Gord's been on a bender. Like he's actually been like really good in spurts. Now he obviously has really low floor games in him, but 3,300, you know, Bjorkstrand 5K, Tolvin in 4,300, perfectly viable uh, cheap stack. I, you know, Seattle's grading out rather well on this slate, not just in terms of expected goals, but also in terms of shot volume, which, um, you know, Seattle last year showed that if they get shots, they will score, um, you know, hasn't really carried through this year, but um, yeah, I don't know. Pricing is just really fair across the board here on Seattle. So I'm, I'm fairly interested in what I don't think is going to be a very like targeted spot. So in the last five games, how many players in this game have more than five shot attempts per game? Uh, Brady Kachuk. Nope. And Bjorkstrand. Oh. No. No one does. No one. No. The, okay. the highest is five with Eberle and uh, Chikrin. Meaning that guys, only in the last five games, right? I'm only looking at the last five. So, you know, go to 10 and, mm-hmm. and Bjorkstrand and, and Brady pop right back in again because they were shooting a lot and they've kind of slowed down. Now, you know, drawing from a small sample size of five games is one thing, but taking into account the change in maybe mentality in Ottawa, I, I don't think you can overlook that. And again, I, you know, this is me putting on my coach, figuring out coaches hat again. And it, it, trust me, don't do it. It's probably a bad idea overall and not good for your process, but what is Jacques Martin known for? Right. And that's figuring out things defensively. I mean, they got, gave up six. I, I wonder though, if some of these rates and, and this, you know, not being as prolific of just jamming it into the pads is actually tactical. Uh, from all yeah, I mean, so I do you know, worry a, about some of those prices for sure. Offense is a two way street. I mean, you got to defend to get offense and uh, they're not doing much defending. So, you know, maybe that's part of it too. Yeah. Um, Over the last 10 though, like I like, think Brady shots are still there. He's 71% on net now over the last 10. Like the oh, way I'm, he's like, that just doesn't wait. That's actually not that crazy. Is it for Brady? No, that's exactly what he you would expect. Shoots, he shoots from like five feet away. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, I think things have changed. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, all of this, I, I guess everything I'm kind of getting to in general, though, leads me to just like, I don't think I'm going to go down the, the route of this game. Like, I think that both of these teams are, you know, right now not playing very fun. Ottawa, I can talk myself out, to, out of because of price. Whereas Seattle, I kind of feel like it's, you know, the only thing I can talk myself into is sort of going through the power play that Vince Dunn's on and, and like, you know, now I'm looking at Bjorkstrand and I, I just think there's better options. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's more of a price play for me than anything else. And so like Vince Dunn doesn't really fit the mold of that. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. So uh, well, what would you play? Like, are you are there one thing you're leaning towards? So Seattle, Seattle that Seattle Gord line is what I'm yeah. considering. Okay. That That's about it. So that's the best line on the team. Um, Very good call. Hey, there we go. Uh, Florida at Vegas. Um, the revenge of Samson versus Jack. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, it was the that other was cat. The it was the other joke. cat begging for uh, attention. So anyway, um, we we look at this game, and you know Vegas coming off of a, uh, I mean, uh, very poor performance in Winter Classic. No real way around it. Um, that is not too far out of line with their recent play. They were 
amazing against LA. Like, you know, watching that game, they were clearly the, you know, they were dominant against LA. Um, you know, the better team, I should say, maybe not dominant, but otherwise they've really been struggling. Um, now it's been a lot of road games. So like, you know, it, it, it matters that they're back at home here against the team that the last time they saw them in Vegas, they think that's when they scored nine goals to win the cup. So, you know, uh, there's certainly good vibes here. Um, no William Carlson. That, that's pretty interesting as well. So I don't know. Florida here really has me interested. I'll need to do some more digging on these Vegas trends. But, you know, Barkov, Reinhardt just right away stands out. You know, there's really there, there's not a ton that I'm like above them at the, in the 9K range that I'm excited to spend up for. So getting those two guys at what now is 15,000 just seems like an absolute steal given the way they've played all year long. So um, I'm interested here. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, no, I, I like this game. I like Florida. Um, I agree with everything you said, and I still think you could probably stack either of the top two lines. And that's someone that watched Matt the Chuck last game and just wanted to break things. Um, but he scored. Now, did he score Matt, or did someone score for him? Who's oh, man. Absolutely. I really dude, jammed I, home by the defense. Man. I thought it may have been the case, and then they showed the replay, and I was like, oh, and I lose my assist. Perfect. Um, okay, mm-hmm. but, but again, I, all of what you said is fine. Let's talk about Vegas. Yeah. Let's talk about so, Carlson's um, out. Cassidy got, oh, wait, oh, I have all the stuff. Do, do you have the lines for tomorrow? Because I have the lines. I, I have them memorized. But you can read them because I don't okay. know the third right. and fourth you, line. You don't, no, 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 no. You're so, you're so excited about it. Why don't you take Pop it? Pop quiz. Uh, yeah. So we're back to Eichel, Marchessault, uh with Barbashev and then Stevenson Stone and Pavel Dorofiev, uh, pretty interesting. You know, unfortunately, he's 3K. There it is. 2,500. Um, but, you know, obviously, Stevenson and Stone are not much of shooters. Dorofiev came into the NHL with a pretty good penchant for shooting. Um, you know, he's obviously not produced a ton in a rather limited role. Um, but I'm at least interested to see what comes of that. Um, but really, again, my, my interest is because of those lines, I really think that Reinhard Barkov are just in a good spot. Like the power play as well. William Carlson is instrumental to their PK. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's all coming up Florida for me, which obviously if you want to take like a Vegas one-off, you know, March is so in a trailing game state now with Eichel. I think he's too cheap, um, but nothing overly uh, stands out. No, I I very much agree where it's like, if you're playing that Florida, you could look at March so, or if you absolutely like, you know, you you fall in love with another stack, and you have three K left, and I think you can bring it back with Pavel. Like he will be out there more because he's very offensively minded, and he will be shooting as well at three K. Now he has nowhere near the upside as March or so, but the guy can bury the puck. So I very much agree with that as a theory for attacking that game. And we can move over to a game that I didn't think I'd have much interest in, but things have changed. And you already mentioned there could be some chalk factor that bleeds into this. But Detroit is playing L.A. Now, again, um, let me pull it up because I guess I, I had a little something extra here. Drew Doughty had a maintenance day per Tom McClellan. He should be good to go. But it did sound like Clark was hopefully going to be in the lineup, but it, it kind of seemed a bit am, uh, ambiguous. I can't actually find the quote, that, but they, they kind of made it seem like they called him up and they were hoping to get him in still. So keep an eye on it. Other than that, Byfield, Kopitar, Trevor Moore, Kempe, Dubois, Laferriere. Uh, I'm not missing his, up his name today. And they Thank keep you. Fiala with Deneau and Gunstrom. So while I do agree that there's now, you know, 
quite an interesting looking situation with punts and whatnot. Um, you know, let me just, let me just, I mean, I'm really not interested in Detroit at all in this matchup, uh, but we'll get to that oh, as well. But let's, you know, start with LA, which I think again, like, like the reason the talk was going to be there is because of the, you know, the, the punt Clark potential power play one. And if that isn't going to be the case, uh, Maybe it's people still, don't go this way. It's still going to be there. I, I, I mean, what LA's got to be. Uh, well, hold on, let me do this again. LA is going to be minus one ninety five here. Okay, yeah. Uh, the quote, uh, the, the quote on Clark was uh, the recall is for oh, him to stick wait. with the team. And yeah, he's been incredible. Was sent down. So yeah, so it, it like I, I guess I don't know. I was, I was thinking like that means he's in or out, but, um, but, but, but yeah, I don't know. Uh. Yeah, he's got uh, LA is. You know. I just looked it up. LA is minus 198. Damn, three points off. Um, but yeah. that's going to lead to a pretty sizable team total. I mean, that's going to be a 3.9er, I think. And that's pretty high. I think it's only behind the Rangers that we've gone through. So um, LA is going to be very popular. They have new lines in addition to the Clark uncertainty. Um, if we get any sort of certainty that Clark is power play one, uh, he's absolutely a jam. He leads the AHL team in points. Remember, he's a defenseman. Uh, he has over three shots per game. His prospect profile is stellar. I mean, he is probably the defenseman outside the NHL I am most excited about as a, you know, as an amateur prospect guy, but mostly just a guy who looks at juniors numbers and fawns over the dudes who get six shots a game in juniors or whatever. Um, Clark is one of those guys, and he's a defenseman. He's 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 a wonderful player. So uh, if he comes in all, all in, but otherwise uh, Kopitar can't be there. Sorry. Uh, Kopitar more byfield on the first line. Fiala gets Deneau and Grunstrom uh, leaving Kempi to play with Laferriere and Deneau or sorry, people that's, that's where I'm interested. That that's, that's it. That, that for me, just, I mean, I really wish Kaliev was playing. I don't get why he's a healthy scratch, but this is not the show where we complain about coaching. So, um, no. you know, that, that that for me is what I'm doing uh, if I'm playing LA. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes the power play a little bit tougher to stack because it's, you know, Kopitar, Byfield, yep. Dowdy, and then, but like, I, I don't think you have to worry about it too much. Like like you said, the total's massive here. Dubois has been shooting. Uh, I know if you look at his last game, you'll see a big shiny goose egg. And I kind of like, that a little bit because maybe people will see that and say, yeah, never mind. This guy's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, one game sample size be damned. I say, let's put him with Adrian Kempe. And you know, that's what I think I'm going to be cooking with uh, tomorrow. And as you alluded to, if Clark's in at three K, he's power play one absolute jam. If he is, you know, slated to get minutes, it's kind of be hard to know, but I still think he is, you know, a guy to keep an eye on. If not consider uh, in your lineup, I won't be playing Detroit. Um, we've already sort of made the the case for why nope. we're not playing Detroit. Um, is there is there any notes, anything here? Uh, you know, they didn't end up doing nope. the Larkin, the Brinkett Kane thing. Okay, just, let's move on. Move okay, on. yep, you. All right, yep, you got you got places to be. We get to the final game of the slate. We get Winnipeg, San Jose. Um, I I can't imagine there's even that much to talk about. Like Ehlers, Velarde, Shifley, Morrissey. Those guys what are good. What can possibly um, go wrong? Uh, Cole Perfetti getting punched or high sticks for, I don't really know what you call what happened to him in the face early on, you know, that could go wrong. Well, probably uh, it, it was sort of, uh, this matchup happened like three weeks ago and oh, Winnipeg yeah, absolutely too. torpedoed everybody, including me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whatever, uh, 
San Jose is is not playing great defensively. I'm honestly not sure how that compares to the last time these two teams matched up. I know we're still on Logan Couture watch. I, I you know, uh, have no reason to believe he's in here, but he could be. So that's something I'm keeping an eye on. And yeah, we, we confirmed that Caitlin Edison's on the top power play. So like, hooray, yep. we did it. Um, he's back, but just 14 yeah, nothing minutes. on nothing on San Jose interests me. Like Mike Hoffman was uber chalk last late against Detroit. Against Winnipeg, it's probably a bit lower, but like even 15% on Mike Hoffman is just I love Mike Hoffman, but that's just not it. Like he's so likely to get a 1.3 or 1.5 that I just don't think you can. So Winnipeg, um yeah, I I, I don't have anything creative outside of that top line. They're still probably too cheap for how good they've played oh yeah and they're coming off a bit of a dud against tampa so like you know keep it up um yeah i, I have i have no other notes like i you know winnipeg one is is very much circled on my list um and why don't we just get right over to our favorite sacks of the night and i'm just gonna take winnipeg one right away uh i will be it'll yeah. be very hard pressed to, to not see ehlers velarde at the very least in my lineup um, I could make the case for how or why you leave off Mark Shifley, but it feels to me largely unnecessary. Um, the, the reason is he's just not really shooting right now, but, uh, you know, it's not as if he couldn't get there with a three-point night along with those guys and, you know, put put one of them in the back of the net. The, the guy can score. He's a point-per-game player, and he's 6,800. It's not like you're completely breaking the bank. So I'll go with those three. Uh, is there any reason, though, before I move on, just while we're kind of still in the game anyways, that you would play a Josh Morrissey over or with that? I mean, obviously with it makes sense, but like, is it just like 6,500? There's better options yeah. at defense, like Rasmus Anderson's no, wide yeah. If I'm betting on Winnipeg 1, I'm not saying, oh, well, you know, Master Sanderson's more likely to outscore Josh Morrissey. That's just not something that I would do personally. I think that if you're playing, you know, you probably would want to punt defensemen if you're playing that line, unless you're you're playing a cheap line with it, um, like a really cheap line with it. But if you can make Morrissey work, I think you just do that. Um, There's just no real reason in his underlying. He's not an Adam Fox. Like he can... You know, he, he's far more likely to get you the bonuses and stuff that you're looking for um, in a true smash spot. So uh, for my first deck, I will go Buffalo 2. I think it'll be underplayed just how banged up the Montreal depth is at this point. Um, yeah. They're going to be without Josh Anderson, we believe. Harvey Pinard's out. Pearson's out. New Hooks, obviously. Doc, he's out. Dvorak should be out as well. Like, this team is so banged up. The Buffalo 2 has been their better line. Um for again a, a full season now season and a half if you count you know like last year when they got reunited or when they got first united this line uh that's paterka quinn cousins just play all three i i really think that that's a very powerful way to get leverage on the buffalo top line and take advantage of a really juicy matchup with this montreal underbelly so uh what's your second stack i lost you for a second in my back you're back. You're so me. just take your second. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, I'm going to go with Sharon Govich, Francis Anderson, and Lindholm. And just, again, sort of, you could easily throw in Huberdeau. You know, play around with what you have. But, you know, that Winnipeg, Calgary, I, I don't think it's a metric ton of ownership. I, I'm really not afraid to attack Nashville at any capacity. Okay. Um, and I want to I want to get Florida here. So give me Barkov, Reinhardt, and... 
Oh, God. Do I pick for Higgy or Montour and just go for sadness? Let's go Brandon Montour. Ultimate sadness. Yes. Um, Samson, Montour, Jack, all in the same game. You, you gotta, you, you gotta love it. So uh, this one is penciled in for me to watch on Thursday. So uh, guarantee goals are heeing and hawing, baby. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes we are. Okay. Um, uh, guarantee goals. I have not thought about this for one second. Yeah, you know what's funny is I, almost every day at some point when I'm looking at. at the goals for the night like coming up i, I almost always say okay what about tomorrow? you know the night going on right you know while we're before we record i oh tonight i really didn't look too much into goals like i just took what puck luck had for the marner last goal uh this would be stalling for you by the way and, and i didn't do a ton of research into this but while i stalled i hopefully allowed you to have time to get something written down yeah have jonathan marsh so Marcy. 6,300 March or so moving up a fight goal. Um, the power play role has been awesome for March or so. He's taking as many shots as Jack is. Stone, uh, William Carlson is going to be out, so it's going to be Stevenson for sure. Uh, they're not shot takers, and Petrangelo has been deferring. So, yeah, March or so I think is in a really good spot here, um, underpriced for his role and the matchup. Um, okay, I will take a guy that while I'm I, – I, I actually am interested. Like, I think if – you do stack Tampa. I'm more than willing to take boldly, even as a one-off on the other side. Like this is kind of becoming their offense is that boldly shoot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not the best matchup in the world, but he is, I believe like 6K, right? What is he again? Uh, 6,100. I think that is also just too cheap. So I have no issue if, you know, you're going Hedman, Stamco, boldly. I think that's fine, honestly. Like that, you're good to go in my book. Even play play Kucherov, you know. There's plenty of, of options to be cheap. Sure. So, uh, yep. What if All right, you um, up for your second? That leaves me enough money for Ricard Raquel. Um, easy game. I, I mean, he only has three goals on the season. But <laughs> they're all in his last five games. He's been playing awesome hockey. So, like, don't read into a season long numbers. He's obviously a lot better than those season-long results and i think people will just not go there because of the matchup with boston and i'm not worried about it uh turns out morgan geeky does not scare me so uh, how about your second guaranteed goal 6100 leaves me with 49 which is 11k or is it 12k yeah 11 we've only done this for seven years now i know and 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 for some reason i just was i was like wait i don't remember and i you know what um i am going to take oh then your stack um i will who was i just looking at before you know what oh, i really want to take pablo zaka after i think he's terrible not really i always do this where i get to this point and then i hold you up and it's just got to be agonizing to me to take quinton byfield done thank you awesome all right uh so yeah no hey good good spot good matchup yeah, all right that'll byfield do it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. Sure. Um, let, let's 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 get out of here. Uh, best of luck pick. on. Yes, great job, DJ. Um, best of luck, everyone, on this Thursday night. Thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring the show. DJ, any final thoughts? Uh, no, let's go win us some GBPs. Um, we'll we'll talk to right. you maybe on Saturday. I haven't looked at Saturday yet, actually. Maybe Saturday. I'm sure, it's massive. Yes. All right. Thank you all for listening. From Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a good sleep, everybody, and we will see you.